uh, yeah, for, for those that um, aren't aware, we are doing a, a four-week sermon series, and the, f- the four-week sermon series is called uh, Perspective, and uh, we are actually on week two, so today is week two of our series called Perspective, and you know, uh, the focus of the sermon is how you and I um, see the world through our own eyes. You know, for example, it's been over, you know, it's been over a year now since COVID has come into our world and it's changed, you know, our lives dramatically. And I don't need to go into any detail about COVID because every single one of us um, experienced it. And so everything we saw on the news, TV, social media, uh, in the newspapers, they affected our lives in so many ways. And now that it has been, you know, it's what, almost been over a year, I think, um, the way you view and the way you see the world today um, is so different from 12 or so months ago. And, you know, let me ask you this question. What kind of lens, you know, do you see the world and everything that's happening around you? What kind of lens uh, are you actually wearing nowadays? You see, on the outside, right, many of us may look like that we have things together, um, but many times on the inside, our inner thoughts and our deep desires and, and the things that we don't really share with people uh, those parts of our lives are the unseen, I guess, and, you know, and can be completely just opposite to how we look on the outside. You know, last week uh, we had our guest speaker here, um, Pastor Michael, and he was from Faith City, the senior pastor from there. And he started our sermon series off on the topic of um, provision. And that was, you know, part one. And I love how Man, I mean, I love how he just dived into the Word of God and he was teaching us about, you know, just the whole story and the context around Psalm 23. And his focus was to bring, you know, into perspective for you and I, how God is our provider through the good times and even through the bad times. And the topic today that I'm focusing on is peace. And we were singing about it. We heard Cicela sort of praying, you know, about peace. Um, we, were, we were praying, um, you know, Ken was just up here praying, and he was praying for, for peace to be on that place, on that nation. And, you see, as, as God is our shepherd, right, um, it is in his presence that we have peace. And I really feel today's message, I mean, it's, I don't know, it may... I don't, I'm not, I'm, I'm going to assume here, but it may be a simple um, message, but to me it's, it's something that's really close to the heart today. And so I really pray and challenge that this word today encourages you. Um, I pray that your heart is open uh, to what you hear. And so let me dive into it. Psalm 23. Uh, you know, Psalm 23, it's, it's a well-known psalm. Um, and if you weren't aware of that, well, I mean, we sang Psalm 23 this morning, you know, parts of Scripture from, from, uh, from Psalm 23. And if you weren't aware of that, well, now you know, it's a, it's a well-known script, um, uh, Psalm. Psalms, they're, they're songs, they're, they're poems. Um, and if, you know, if you're an artist in here, the book of Psalms, it's art. Uh, the entire book of Psalms, you know, it, wasn't, it was not read in Bible times, right? back in those days, like you would read the newspaper today. Uh, this book, it's poetry. It's, um, 
It's music. This, it's a song. You know, it's meant to get any person reading this book to be able to ponder and to meditate on the words that they just read. And today I'm going to focus on the next part of the psalm. And, you know, Pastor Michael, he just, man, he dived into just verse 1, right? Um, and then I was looking, my, my, my part uh, today was to look at uh, a few, you know, scriptures. But then I only got to verse 2. And then when, when I got to verse 2, I just couldn't go any further. So I get why he just picked that verse and went for it. And I, I was supposed to teach more scripture today, but I just got on to verse 2, and it was so, like I said, it was just close to the heart, and that's why I'm wanting to focus on this very verse today. And let me read you this verse. It's, it'll probably pop up behind me. Psalm 23, verse 2, and it says this, He makes me, this is the shepherd that, um, that me, that was referring to, He makes me um, lie down in green pastures, he leads me beside the still and quiet waters. So, Psalm 23, it begins with a metaphor of, of a shepherd and his sheep. And so, the heart of Psalm 23 is all about um, a sheep image. This image, it's throughout the whole Bible, from Genesis all the way to the last book of the Bible, Revelation. Um, isn't it interesting, right, that God chooses this image for the followers of Jesus, the church. He chooses a sheep. I've got to be careful I don't swear, eh? but you know, this, it's my broken English, but you know I'm saying a sheep, okay? If I could bring your attention to some of the countries, right, all around the world, uh, different countries, they have different animals as their national animal. Uh, I think of Russia, Russia has a bear, uh, a bear ferocious and tough. United States, they have the, the, the bold eagle, uh, strong and proud. England has a lion. Um, Philippines has a Philippine eagle. Um, Wales, man, their national animal, I don't even, it's a dragon. Um, I don't know if that's an animal. But New Zealand, for some reason, has a kiwi. Um, there's some depth in that, you know, um, but we won't go there. At, I mean, I guess out of all the symbols in the world, I think I would have personally chosen the dragon myself. Uh, but I'm not God, and so God chose sheep for his followers. Anyway, sheep, right? They're not very flattering, eh? <laughs> yeah, what's up, G? <laughs> Some of your selfies eh, that you guys take. As, as far as I know, sheep are... And, and excuse me for saying this, are dumb. <laughs> They're stupid. And I had to laugh to myself in thinking this because, you know, there has never, <laughs> this is just random thoughts, right? But there has never been in history of humankind a person who trains sheep. There's the dog trainers, there's the horse trainers, there's the dragon trainers, you know, how to, how to train a dragon. <laughs> Even the dragons get trained. But, you know, never once a sheep trainer. Why is that? You know why? Because sheep cannot be trained. <laughs> Lying down in green parts. So when we look back to the first part of verse 2, 
Uh, it says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. You know, to find green pastures, um, that pretty much means that it's a place of rest. And if a sheep cannot be trained, then a sheep won't even be able to find the green pastures in the first place. Without guidance, right, sheep have no direction. Um, they don't know how to move on. They, they will literally be lost and confused. They are the, one of the animals least able to survive on their own. And when they, when they finish eating a, like a, a patch of grass and there's none left, they don't even know they have to move on and go somewhere else to eat grass. So this makes sheep defenseless against enemies. They don't have claws. They can't run fast. They, they can't bite. You know, they easily get frightened. Even, even a little rabbit, a little noise, you know, a dog barking can, can make a whole herd run. You know, back, uh, what, it's funny, this is a random thought when I was thinking about the sheep sort of analogy. But um, one of my jobs when I was working, before I came full-time, you know, you have your end-of-year celebrations. And, there, and I remember um, at the end-of-year celebration, we went out of Auckland and we went down to this farmland. And, you know, it was a beautiful place and there was food and all of that. Uh, we, I think it was over, we had an overnighter, stayed overnight, all the staff. And, there. and one, of the, um, one of the activities was trying to gather, you know, three or four sheep into the, those little boxes, um, but there were like four of us to a team, so we just had to try and guide them like this. And, you know, they'll just run around, and, and, and it was so hard to, you know, try and, and, and gather them uh, together. And I just remember, man, I just got so frustrated, eh? And so I just walked up to one, and the farmer was over there, and I just grabbed like this, and then threw it over the fence, and then closed the fence, and we said, go, go grab the next one, man. <laughs> Because, you know, and then there was a, you know, we had some other big boys there. And so they were, then, you know, you know, islanders start tackling. And then we were tackling these, these sheep um, without, the, without the farmer watching us. Yeah, that's just a random story. <laughs> so back to being holy. Um, you know, when it says uh, that he makes me lie down in green pastures, right, it doesn't mean that when you get the flu or when you get sick, you know, man, God forced me to rest by getting the flu. It's not saying that, okay? Um, in the original language, um, it is translated to this. He settles me down. Did you know that you cannot make sheep lie down? It can't be done. What that means is when the Lord is my shepherd and he leads us, right, his sheep uh, we eat, and then we become satisfied. That is when we, his sheep, we lay down and settle. We are fed, and we are satisfied. We become full, and it enables us to digest our food. Now, this is the only time sheep will settle down. When we, when we are led to a place to eat and when they are full and happy, they settle. Let me ask you this. How do you lie down in times of trouble? How does God make you lie down or settle down 
in green pastures. When you know after you walked out, you know, when you walk out of these church doors, your mind will be back to thinking, you know, about your struggles, your problems, and your issues. Let me be very clear when I say this. God, our shepherd, does not promise a life of comfort. But he will always give us what we need. Many of us, when we think of these words, green pastures, right? Even when I, when I think about it, you probably would imagine, man, it's, it's a lush place. It's green, green meadows. It's waiting for us if we just continue to, to be patient on God. And once we get to those green pastures, man, I'm set for life. <laughs> Yet... In the context of what green pastures in Israel actually looked like, it was a rocky and barren hillside. And scattered amongst this barren and rocky place were these blades of grass that were popping out from this dry land. Now, these blades of grass, they were created, you know, when drops of rain would fall on a rock and trickle down to collect beneath that rock. And from that water, these blades of grass would then sprout up. And this is what the sheep here in Israel would eat. It was blades of grass for that day. There is a lesson learned here. Sheep do not worry about where tomorrow's grass will come from. Why? Because they trust in the shepherd to find new pastures for them the following day. You know, um, I'll tell you this story. Maybe we'll, we'll cut it out of our, our recording. Uh, we'll edit it out. These words that we read, he makes me lie down in green pastures. It challenges believers to trust God day by day. The good shepherd doesn't promise a life of luxury or a long-term supplies. But I promise you this. He will always give the green pastures needed for the moment. The next part of this verse, verse 2 it says, he leads me beside the still and quiet waters. The good shepherd is not going to force you and, and, and you know, you and I to, to go to the still water. If you didn't know this already, um, sheep, they cannot drink from actually fast running water. Uh, sheep cannot drink from a brook or from a river. Uh, the water that they drink must be from a place where the water is actually not moving. The water, it has to be still in order for them to drink. And Jesus, he said these words um, in, in the New Testament. He goes, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. When you know his voice and if you are willing, if you are willing to pay attention to his voice, Man, you become thirsty to obey his voice. You know, can you imagine being in a difficult time of your life, yet you are, man, you are able to trust God and obey God all because you have just learnt to thirst after him. You know, at the beginning of this year, 
um, one of our church members, I, um, I asked if I could share uh, this is, you know, friend of, friend of mine and yours as well. Um, Josh, Josh, where are you? There's my man, Josh. Now, Josh, his, his mom passed away um, the beginning of this year. And some of us from church, we were, you know, we were able to go around and, you know, to his, to his place and, and give our condolences and, and just spend time with him. And I remember, it was at that time, and I remember attending his mom's burial Man, and it was a beautiful service. And the thing that stood out for me was what Joss, he actually said during his, uh, his eulogy. Uh, I mean, these are not the exact words, but it was something like this. I remember him saying that no matter what the circumstances are right now, and, you know, his, his circumstances, man, they were a difficult time. But that's what he said, no matter, you know, what the circumstances are right now, God is still God. And I remember, I remember the speech that he said. And I, he, wasn't, he wasn't too sure of what to make of that particular time. I mean, who, you can't, right? When someone so close to you passes on, your mind is, is in a different space. But he openly said, you know, that, um, you know, he wasn't too sure of what to make of that time. Um, it was a hard time, and, and the journey ahead, it wasn't a clear one for him. But, man, I was so blessed that he said, but he knew no matter what, God is still God. You know, it's, well, it's been about four months now, you know, that has passed. And, man, I'm just really blessed, you know, that this young guy... Um, I've just seen him, seen how he carries himself, um, you know, willing to pay attention to God's voice, which I believe has caused him, Josh, to be thirsty to obey. And I, I love that. And I've, I follow that kind of example. I look to that kind of example. I think, and that's the bomb. I want to be like that. I want to finish off today by asking uh, these questions, okay, again. How do you lie down in times of trouble? How do you see God make you lie down? How do you see him do that to you? How do, how do you see God make you settle down in green pastures <laughs> when your mind will battle against some of the struggles in your life, the problems that you have before you, um, and the issues that you might be currently facing. How do you lie down in times of trouble? And lastly, the second question was, how willing are you to pay attention to the shepherd's voice? And as you pay attention to his voice, you know those times when we sit in church and there's either a speaker that's speaking like what's happening right now, and then you just feel something hard on your heart or heavy on your heart. It's like, man, he's, you know, have you ever been to a church service and then you go, man, he's talking to me or she's talking to me. It's, man, how, how did they know about me? <laughs> you may be feeling that right now. I don't know. I didn't check your Facebook pages or anything. I didn't, you know. How willing are you to pay attention to the shepherd's voice? But not only that, because when you hear it, 
What are you going to do with it? Then, once you hear his voice, will you be willing to obey his voice? That's the hard part, eh? is obeying lordship, calling him lord of all, of all your problems, of all your issues, of all your struggles. Yes, life is hard, okay? I get that, you get that. But if you and I are, are not willing to follow the voice of the good shepherd, man, it's easy to go astray like any natural sheep would do. Sheep are dumb. I'm not saying that you're dumb. I don't know what God is saying about us. <laughs> Jokes. I don't want to teach false theology there. But you know what I mean? A national animal for the followers of Christ. Sheep. Hearing his voice. Following his lead. Trusting day by day in all your situations. In the good times, it's easy to remember him. But what about your hard times? How can you remember him there? Can you remember him just as much as when you remember him in your good times? Let's pray.